This is A Drink With a Friend. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. I mentioned this in my book, At Home in the World, and I recently said it again in my updated iteration of my workshop, Create Your Rule of Life. But it bears mentioning yet again here. I find it interesting that Benedictine monks are asked to take three vows, one of which is stability. The other two vows, obedience and conversion, make sense on a surface level, seeing as they're monks and all. But making a vow of stability is interesting to me. By vowing to stay put, unless they're asked or told to move by their superior, they're committing to staying in the same place for as long as it's necessary. They're saying that they're willing to stay in their particular monastic community located in wherever town in the world they happen to be, possibly for the rest of their lives. With this vow, these monks are saying they're willing to stay in their communities even when it's hard. And perhaps more commonly, they're willing to stay put even when it's boring and ordinary. They're willing to die to any semblance of personal desire for change, novelty, or even a new type of calling or vocational work for the sake of obeying a call to stay wherever they are. I find it interesting both that this is a vow they take in tandem with obedience and conversion, and also that this needs to be a vow at all, because I 100% get it. My 25-year-old self would have a really, really hard time with this vow. I had just finished a stint teaching English in war-torn Kosovo, where I had met my now-husband, Kyle, who was there helping rebuild houses following Milosevic's genocidal war. We married later that year with the express intent to go back overseas and to live the rest of our lives chasing the idea of service, of helping the church however it needed help, with admittedly a dash of youthful zeal for adventure. It was a hard pill to swallow when it was clear we needed to move back to our home culture less than a decade later when one of our three kids needed health resources we couldn't find elsewhere. So fast forward 20 years, and my bright-eyed, ambitious self would have felt a twinge of pity for my mid-40s self of the present day, who is surprisingly content at having stayed put in the same old fixer-upper house in the small town just north of my hometown going on almost eight years now. It's definitely the longest I've ever lived anywhere as an adult, and it's weirdly grown on me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love to travel and do it as much as I can. I think it'll be fun to move about the cabin more frequently once we become empty nesters one day. But in the meantime, I get the need for stability in my life. I can attest to the work staying put has done on my soul. It's forced me to temper my base desire for novelty with a certain contentedness and familiarity. It's asked me to prioritize other people, namely my children mostly, and therefore die to myself, which is the noble goal of every one of us in life, or at least it should be. And perhaps most importantly, it's forced me to say yes to the community I've been placed in and to both serve and welcome being served in the most ordinary quotidian ways And these ordinary everydaynesses have been the most surprisingly formative ingredients in my adult life thus far. I lived the first 18 years of my life more or less in the same house, and I couldn't wait to stretch my wings and explore the world. I never would have guessed how much I'd one day come to appreciate rootedness. And that's because places matter. There's a reason online school pales in comparison to in real life education for kids, why virtual church or virch, as we called it during COVID tide, isn't really church at all. 
and why we should look at the metaverse with all the side-eye skepticism in the world. We are body-soul composite beings, and both matter in the here and now and in eternity. And therefore, the real-world types of places, the 3D things that make up the stuff of Earth, they matter too. It's why I'm largely off social media, why my goal with almost all my online writing, and why I lead in real-life global pilgrimages every year with people who'd otherwise stay online avatars, why I write about what I do. Because I want you and me to care about the places where we've been planted, and I want you and I to develop deep, deep roots. In a few weeks, the next episode of A Drink with a Friend, I'm talking with my friend Joy Clarkson, who's written a whole book about the idea of us being trees. It's a metaphor, of course, and she unpacks several other metaphors about who we are as human persons. But I thought I'd start off this new season of the podcast unpacking and exploring just a bit of what it means to be rooted. One version of that is embracing stability and staying put wherever we are, even if we don't take monastic vows. But it also looks like knowing who we are, what matters to us, and where we want our lives to aim. Knowing these things are key to our rootedness, because if we can't name the soil we need to grow into the plant we are, then we'll shrivel up out of nutritional neglect. I mean, this is all a metaphor, but you get where I'm going with this. This is largely the goal with a good rule of life, naming what you need so that you can thrive. So shameless plug, yep, that's why I created the self-paced audio workshop for you to do so that you can create one for yourself and one you can revisit again and again and tweak for the rest of your life. I'll put that in the show notes so you can decide if it's a good resource for you. So do check it out if you haven't yet written your rule. But this isn't a commercial. It's a start to a new podcast season. And you may be wondering where I'm going with this. So let's start with the obvious need for an introduction. Hi, I'm Tish Oxenreiter, as I said, and I'm a writer, teacher, pilgrimage guide, and most important, a wife and mom to three adolescents. For a while now, I've been holding down the podcast for it with my good friend, Seth Haynes. And he will still make an appearance here and there in this next season, but not quite as frequently and in a different sort of way. We'll get there when the time comes. This podcast mission is staying the same, however, to talk about the sacramental nature of life, to unpack and explore the things beneath the things. If Gerard Manley Hopkins is right that the world is charged with the grandeur of God, and if Elizabeth Barrett Browning is right that Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush is a fire with God. That's what this podcast wants to explore. It wants to invite us to join in on a metaphorical nature walk and discover all those common bushes. But for a bit more this season, a drink with a friend will be me and you, the listener. Consider a number of upcoming episodes as the two of us pulling up chairs at the local coffee shop or pub and talking about what in our worlds is charged with God's grandeur. But don't worry, I will not be monologuing all season long. My hope is to invite a few new friends to sit at the pub table and to tell us what they're noticing too. And my plan is to create several conversational themes, one new one each month, in fact, that all weave together to create an aesthetically pleasing tapestry of sorts. It won't be forced. Things around here will still be organic and conversational, but I'm looking forward to the invitation to pause every few episodes and share with you a little bit of what's on my mind these days, like stability and rootedness right now. 
with the holiday season newly behind us and Lent just around the corner, if you can believe it. It's a good time of year to reflect on what it really means to be rooted in the places where we're called, the ideas that need to better take root in our minds and hearts, and why it's good to let our roots grow deeply in the soil of healthy tradition, time-honored rhythms, and lifestyles that involve both making and consuming art that is truly objectively beautiful. So on docket for this season of A Drink with a Friend are the topics of why we are trees and not machines and why good language and metaphors matter. What does it mean to ascend the ladder of virtue and why we need to overcome the noonday devil in order to do so? What does it mean to live within a 100-mile radius and why does this matter on both a soul and economic level? What is a theology of craft? And why are we in and in need of a crafting renaissance? What is objectively good art? And why does this matter, both on a soul and aesthetic level? And then finally, what is analog resistance? And why do we personally and culturally need an analog renaissance? A lot of good stuff, all resting on the foundation of rootedness, of knowing who we are, whose we are, and where we belong. I'll be talking with a number of good folks about all these things, and I'd also like to hear from you. The season is a bit of an experiment, and I'd like to hear what you think. I'd also love to hear what questions you have, and perhaps if you'd like to hear me address one in a future episode. So if you're a paying subscriber of my newsletter, The Commonplace, you can chime in with a comment right here in this episode. But if you're not, you can shoot me an email at adrinkwithafriend at gmail.com, which is also in the show notes here. I'd love to hear from you what sacramental topics you'd like to hear explored on the show. I've got a lot of thoughts swimming in my head right now, but I want to keep this introductory episode mercifully short, so I'll keep those thoughts tucked away for upcoming episodes. But in the meantime, here are a few thoughts about rootedness. One, dig into your cultural roots and read something old. Embrace something that's beyond the scope of your own short existence, which sometimes means reading something that's a bit challenging. Give credence to what G.K. Chesterton says is the democracy of the dead, our ancestors. One suggestion is Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, which I know sounds daunting, but they are foundational, seminal works that still affect Western civilization. One helpful tool might be the new podcast Ascend, the Great Books podcast. In 2024, they're walking through one book or chapter of the Iliad and the Odyssey a week, which is actually not much reading at all. And they are really unpacking the sacramental nature of reading these great works. They're just a few episodes in, but already I'm a fan. And no, they're not paying me to say this. I doubt they even know I'm recommending it. Two, dig into your spiritual roots and pray something old and timeless. You all know I'm a Catholic convert, and before that, I was an Anglican after many years of being a lifelong evangelical. I'm not going to get into all that right now, but a huge part of what drew me in was the history of the church. And with that comes the great gift of ancient practices and prayers, all of which are ours for the embracing and are part of the universal global church's legacy. There's something connecting and rooted about praying old prayers that our ancestors have also prayed for centuries before we did, and that's not really about us specifically. If you need ideas, 
You could start with praying numbers 6, 24 through 26 with your family before you go about your day. You probably have heard of it. It's, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Or you could pray the glory be, which is simply glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. That really speaks into rootedness. Or even just what's colloquially called the Jesus prayer in the Orthodox tradition. Throughout your day, as you breathe in, pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And then as you exhale, pray, have mercy on me, a sinner. Praying what's been prayed a billion times before us keeps us rooted to what really matters and to whose legacy we benefit. Three, and then finally, dig into your physical roots by going on daily neighborhood walks. You know I'm a big fan of the ordinary daily walk, either alone or with your family. Do this first thing in the morning or do it in the evening after dinner. Don't make it complicated. Just do it regularly. There's something transcendental about doing something so ordinary, so simple, and so free. And yet regular neighborhood walks connects us to the place where we are in a way we'd otherwise miss if our main form of interaction with where we're planted is by pulling out of the driveway and driving past it all. Take time this season to slow down to a human pace and not go very far at all in order to grow your roots more deeply in your soil. So I'll leave you with this thought from Wendell Berry, since we've already quoted a number of poets in this episode. He says, hope then to belong to your place by your own knowledge of what it is that no other place is, and by your caring for it as you care for no other place. This place that you belong to, though it is not yours, for it was from the beginning and will be to the end. Belong to your place by knowledge of the others who are your neighbors in it. The old man, sick and poor, who comes like a heron to fish in the creek, and the fish in the creek, and the heron who man-like fishes for the fish in the creek, and the birds who sing in the trees in the silence of the fisherman and the heron, and the trees that keep the land they stand upon as we too must keep it. Thank you so much for listening. To keep up with me and what I'm doing, find me at my newsletter, The Commonplace. You can find a link to that as well as my books, trips, and the like at tishoxenwriter.com or just via the links in the episode's show notes. As we've said before, and I'll say it again, the show is free for you to listen to, but it's not free for me to make. So at the cost of a cup of coffee, you can support the show and keep it going with the link in the show notes of this episode. And thank you in advance so much for the many of you who do that. It's so encouraging and it keeps our pub table reserved. Kevin McLeod did the music, Kyle Oxenreiter did the editing, and I did the talking. Find all episodes at adrinkwithafriend.com, and I'll be back here again with you soon with a friend around the table. I'll see you there. <laughs>